Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Anybody know what that smoke is in lower Manhattan? I'm sorry, say again? A lot of smoke in lower Manhattan. A lot of smoke in lower Manhattan? Coming out of the uh, top of the World Trade Center building. Another one just hit the building. Wow. Wow, another one just hit it hard. Another one just hit the World Trade The whole building just uh, came apart. Holy smokes. At first... Everything stopped. As the news came from New York, from Pennsylvania, and the Pentagon, the world watched in horror as the wages of an unprecedented terror attack on America became clear. Nearly 3,000 people would die on Tuesday, September 11, 2001. It was, as President George W. Bush would say, a day of fire. Today, we've had a national tragedy. Two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center in an apparent terrorist attack on our country. Sports stopped too. Major League Baseball canceled its games. The NFL postponed the next Sunday's showdowns. NASCAR went dark. There's only one story in sports and it is that the games are on hold. That evening, from the Oval Office, President Bush addressed the nation. This is a day when all Americans from every walk of life unite in our resolve for justice and peace. America has stood down enemies before, and we will do so this time. None of us will ever forget this day, yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good and just in our world. That was also the message of the great sportscaster, Jack Buck, who read a poem of his own composition when play resumed at Bush Stadium in St. Louis on Monday, September 17th, 2001. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to baseball. The Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers and all of baseball Welcome you back this special evening in memory of those who lost their lives in New York, Washington, and Pennsylvania. And in honor of the heroic rescue workers and the pride that we have in our country, which we shall show you here this evening. I'm Doc Rivers. 
And this is It Was Said Sports, a documentary podcast presentation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals and John Meacham Studio. Episode one, America's Season of Strength. It was just an unreal time. It was scary, but yet it felt surreal. There's no question in my mind that Jack struck a very appropriate tone that night. It was run everywhere, and, and I've never been more proud of my dad than I was that night. Jack Buck's words in St. Louis after the attacks signaled the country's determination and resolve in the face of terror. It is cliche to say that alterations to our routines mean the terrorists win. But cliches are cliches because they are usually true. And so is this one. You know, it's like a boxer and you get knocked down. You think you're down for the count, but you're not. You got to get back up. You got to get back into the fray. And I think you have to do it slowly. This is legendary sportscaster Al Michaels. You may know his voice from calling the 1980 Miracle on Ice game. He's been covering major sporting events for decades. And I think sports helped this country get back into a flow. Obviously, it was a terrible time. And it was very somber. But there was a great feeling of patriotism. And I think sports began to help us get back on our feet. America's return to professional athletics in the wake of 9-11 was an important watershed in telling the world that our way of life was not going to be victimized by cowards with box cutters who turned airplanes into weapons of war. Michael Strahan, who was the defensive end for the New York Giants at the time, remembers what it felt like to play his first game back after the tragedy. Being on the football field was a sign of relief for all of us, I think. It was a sign of kind of normalcy, but it also gave us a purpose because we realized that our purpose in sports at that time was to take everyone's mind off of all the tragedy that had happened and what was going on in the recovery from that tragedy, even if it was for a few hours on a Sunday. I think it gave us in sports a lot more purpose. For the most part, it felt great getting back to some semblance of normal life. This is Joe Buck, Jack Buck's son. Like his father, he has also had a successful career as a sportscaster and was at Bush Stadium when baseball resumed just six days after the attacks. You don't have to be a sports fan, and I'm sure there are non-sports fans that are willing to admit that after 9-11 or after really any tragedy that happens in this country, having that kind of communal experience and people getting together and congregating and pulling for the same team and saying, we, you know, we win this game, we won this game, whatever it is, I think is a really good thing. Jack Buck opened his appearance on field at the Cardinals Brewers game on September 17th with just such an assertion. What was as important as the poem was him starting it by saying, I think by now the answer to the question, should we be here, which meant should we start back into sports, has already been answered. And the answer is yes. And the crowd went crazy because it was just everybody was kind of holding their breath up to that point. 
I don't know about you, but as for me, the question has already been answered. Should we be here? Yes. The fans cheered. The nation cheered. The answer was yes. But it's important to remember that not everybody was so sure. The cataclysm of 9-11 was so fresh, so real. American 11 heavy traffic's orbiting north of the field at 3,500 feet, maintain 3,000 runway four right, cleared for takeoff. Okay, three, clear for takeoff. Tuesday, September 11th, 2001, had been a good day for flying. American Airlines Flight 11, nonstop from Boston to L.A., took off at 7.59 Eastern Time. A passenger named Mohammed Atta was in business class in seat 8D. Within 15 minutes, the jet had reached 26,000 feet. About 16 seconds later, Air Traffic Control in Boston issued a routine directive to the pilot to head up to 35,000 feet. American 11, climbing table level 350. No one replied. American 11, climbing table level 350. Flight 11 had gone dark. American 11, Boston. Reports of what happened between 8.14 and 8.46, according to the 9-11 Commission, came from the flight attendants who called the ground as the hijack unfolded. There were stabbings and the spraying of mace, the taking of the cockpit, and Ada's assumption of the controls. The rest of the story is in the words of Madeline Amy Sweeney, one of the flight attendants still on the phone line. Something is wrong. We're in a rapid descent. We're all over the place. We're flying too low. We're flying very, very low. We are flying way too low. And then, oh my God, we're flying way too low. Flight 11 struck the North Tower at the World Trade Center at 8.46, and the world changed. Pictures don't capture what you see, and it was devastating. It was overwhelming. Here's Michael Strahan again. It was just an unreal time, and it seems like even being here in New York and when it was happening and we're watching it in real time, it was scary, but yet it felt surreal, felt like you... We're in an alternate universe. And of course, you think in this country, nothing like that could happen to us. But America had been through fire before. And a legendary sportscaster in the heartland knew it. At 
At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. Hi, this is Amy Poehler, here to tell you about a new improvised show from Paper Kite Podcasts, the team that brought you Say More with Dr. Sheila. Check out our new parody podcast, Women Talking About Murder. It's a show about women talking about murder. Every episode features special guests, twists, turns, and the mystery of a missing co-host. Available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Born in Massachusetts in 1924, Jack Buck was a decorated hero of World War II who was wounded in action in the Allied assault on Nazi Germany. When he came home, he enrolled at Ohio State and began his sportscasting career calling Ohio State basketball before moving on to minor league baseball. My dad grew up in Massachusetts as a young man, then went to Ohio with his family. And my dad developed his voice by reading box scores and baseball stories out of the newspaper to his dad, who was a pitcher but had bad cataracts. And when, at that time in this country, that meant you probably were gonna lose your eyesight. And so he couldn't read the paper himself. So my dad would read the paper out loud to him. That helped him not only love baseball, learn baseball, but develop his voice, so to speak. A skilled announcer and storyteller, Buck was soon broadcasting for the St. Louis Cardinals. A renaissance man, Buck was also an influential football and hockey announcer. And through the decades, Buck would make famous calls. Swing and a long one! Down the line! Adios! He caught it! He caught it! He caught it! Ill and elderly, suffering from Parkinson's, wearing a blazer of Cardinal Red, the Jack Buck of 2001 did more than call a play. With America the Beautiful playing in the background, he called a nation to attention, to resilience, to its best self. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to read a poem which I have written for this occasion, after which there will be a special 21-gun fireworks salute. Since this nation was founded under God more than 200 years ago, we have been the bastion of freedom, the light that keeps the free world aglow. That was at a time where he was really reflective and I think used his gift to put words together to tell a story. I think his life, in a weird way, as a depressionary kid, as somebody who earned a Purple Heart in World War II, who had this 
standing in the city of St. Louis and in baseball in general, really funneled into that moment where he wrote this poem and he said, on the first day back, I'm going to deliver it not just to the fans of Bush Stadium, but to audiences across the country because it was run everywhere. And, and I, I've never been more proud of my dad than I was that night. We have been challenged by a cowardly foe who strikes and then hides from our view. With one voice we say, we have no choice today. There is only one thing to do. Jack was one of the all-time greats, loved him as a man, spectacular broadcaster, baseball, football, you name it, Jack could do everything. There's no question in my mind that Jack struck a very appropriate tone that night. Buck was talking about the country and about baseball. The game has long attracted poets and romantics. The scholar of Renaissance literature, president of Yale, and baseball commissioner Bart Giamatti once wrote, Baseball fulfills the promise America made itself to cherish individuals while recognizing the overarching claims of the group. It sends its players out in order to return again, allowing all the freedom to accomplish great things in a dangerous world. So baseball restates a version of America's promises every time it's played. For a nation reeling from 9-11, moved by the heroism of the first responders, and struggling to see what the future would bring, baseball provided ballast. As the 9-11 memorial history recalls, at Shea Stadium, Mike Piazza hit a dramatic go-ahead home run in the eighth inning to lead the Mets to victory. In Boston, Red Sox fans proudly sang New York, New York, as if it was Sweet Caroline. For the first time in history, every fan seemed to cheer for the New York Yankees as they clinched the American League East, won the pennant, and earned their place in the World Series. I just remember doing the World Series that year in 2001, which was not that long after 9-11, and being at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx and feeling like, man, is, is this going to be secure? And then worrying about it all day, really all week before game one, and then getting there, I guess it would have been game three in the Bronx, and realizing that was the safest place on earth. And if Buck's Bush Stadium poem offered us words, George W. Bush's first pitch during the World Series at Yankee Stadium gave us a symbolic action of reassurance and continuity. For tonight's ceremonial first pitch, and please welcome the President of the United States. Bush was a baseball guy, an owner of the Texas Rangers before becoming governor of Texas. W had grown up playing in Midland, Texas, always inspired by his dad's record at Yale, where the elder Bush had played first base and had competed in the first two college World Series. In New York, the president knew what he had to do. So I go underneath the Yankee Stadium and the bowels of Yankee Stadium, and there's a hitting cage there. Hey, Prez, how are you doing? Good, Derek. That's good luck tonight. Thank you, sir. He said, say, I hear you're throwing out the first ball. So I just asked him if he was going to be throwing the first pitch from the mound or in front of the mound. And I told him, uh, you better throw it from the mound, otherwise you're going to get booed. I said, this, this is Yankee Stadium. I said, okay, I'll throw from the mound. And he's walking out, and he looks over his shoulder, and he says, 
Don't bounce it. They'll boo you. And so the pressure all of a sudden, I mean, I'm sitting there kind of fairly relaxed and feeling fairly loose. And the great Derek Jeter, don't bounce it. They'll boo you. And all of a sudden, the pressure mounted. Bush didn't say a word to the crowd that night at Yankee Stadium. In a city where smoke still rose from the mass grave at Ground Zero. The words for the week, the words for the whole season of horror and of hope, came from Jack Buck. Here was his concluding stanza. Everyone is saying the same thing and praying that we end these senseless moments we are living. As our fathers did before, we shall win this unwanted war and our children will enjoy the future we'll be giving. It was an unwanted war, the war on terror. As we've recently seen in the terrible images from Afghanistan, it has been a long, painful, and complicated struggle. But history is like that, unpredictable and tragic, as well as joyous and fulfilling. And sports are like that too, which is one reason human beings are drawn to competition on a field or on a court. In athletic contests, we experience excellence and drama, victory and defeat, skill and chance. In other words, in sports, we experience a microcosm and a metaphor for life itself. And as Jack Buck taught us in those verses he composed and read so nobly two decades ago, life is precious and worth defending for life gives light, which can show us the way. To hear what Jack Buck said and what he put in just such the perfect terms and in the perfect way of how we were feeling as a country at that time, to where it made you feel proud, it made you feel together, it made you feel very American, it made you feel strong, but yet it was put in a way in which it was okay to cry, it was okay to heal. And I don't know if I've heard anybody deliver something in a way in which he did at that moment, at that baseball game, that just kind of touched on how the entire country was feeling at that time. And it was really remarkable. And I thank him for that, because that was important for a lot of people to hear. Coming up this season on It Was Said Sports, a look into heavyweight champion Muhammad Ali's words about race, politics, culture, and sports. Billie Jean King's voice for equality and opportunity for women. Tim Tebow's humbling The Promise speech. Hank Aaron's Hall of Fame acceptance speech while confronting racism. And co-captain Harry Florinori's powerful statement on race during Texas Western's Basketball Hall of Fame induction. Thank you for listening to It Was Said Sports, a documentary podcast from Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals, and John Meacham Studio. Executive produced and created by John Meacham and Chris Corcoran. Narrated by me, Doc Rivers. Written by John Meacham. 
Directed by Lori Lockridge. Production led by Paige Heimsen. Edited and mastered by Chris Basil. Guest booking and coordination by Kelly Rafferty. Additional production support by Bill Schultz, Sean Cherry, Bob Tabador, Ian Mont, and Rich Cook. Creative consultation by Nikki Kovac and David Weisborg. Cover art and graphic designs by Kurt Courtney. Marketing and publicity by Brian Swarth, Moira Corrin, Josephina Francis, Lauren Schwartz, and Hilary Schuff. Our theme song is I Can Almost See You by Hammock. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.